This is Making Shift Happen, and I'm your host, Jen Cates. Over the years, I've coached hundreds of clients to find their ideal self through the way they nourish their bodies and minds, and now I'm here to help pass on these same strategies to you. So let's stop the madness and get your results once and for all. Let's go. Hello, fam. Welcome to another episode. I hope this episode helps you kind of feel a little bit more excited about spring being here because I think a lot of us who are listening, at least based on the profiles that I'm seeing, uh, hey, we're experiencing spring. The snow is finally melting. We are getting out on our bikes a little bit more, but let's make sure that our bikes are ready for the shreddy. Okay, so let's get them shred ready. So today I'm going to give you a little bit of a, just an outline of things that I've kind of learned over the years, as well as things that I've learned courtesy of my SRAM, my recent SRAM um, experience at their SRAM Technical University or STU experience in Indianapolis at their headquarters. And, uh, you know, I'm very fortunate to be associated with a, um, an organization that is being sponsored by SRAM. So yeah, I am, I am team SRAM right now and that's okay. I I do have Shimano on some of my other uh, bikes, you know, but I will say I'm definitely team SRAM, but yeah, they sent a few of us actually like five or six of us to their headquarters in Indianapolis. And it's really cool because they taught us everything in their level one training for mechanics. And basically that included like brake bleeding, you know, checking the chain, uh, wear and, you know, bolting and just safety checks on the bike, just general speak with that. But then also just more complex things like doing our lower service on our shocks, uh, or on our fork rather. And then, you know, doing some service on our rear shock and, installing various things. And, and it was just, it was really an awesome experience. I'm already looking forward to going and honestly, probably paying with my own money, honestly, at this point for doing their level two, um, and learning a little bit more about their 200 hour service for suspension and things like that. But anyways, long story short, I had a great experience, but that definitely made me, um, it made me kind of pause and think about, Spring's being spring's coming here. Spring has arrived already, honestly. And you know, your bike's probably been sitting in the garage, depending on where you live, of course. Uh, but your bike's been sitting around collecting a little bit of dust. So let's dust it off and get you shred ready. All right. So I'm going to kind of go in order of, you know, I think the ease or the importance because really the ground contact points with your bike, as well as brakes and any nuts and bolts are going to be probably the most important thing. And then we'll just go from there. Okay. So let me look at my little notes here. First things first, you're going to inspect your tires. All right. Check to see if there's air in your tires. Has the air maintained over the winter season in the tires? Because if it has kind of deflated significantly, then great. Then there's something going on possibly with your seal or sealant, especially if you do have tubeless tires. All right. If you have a tube in there, great. Might be a good time to maybe check your rim tape, things like that. But See if it's held air in the tires over the winter. Uh, and then, you know, refresh the sealant, especially if you live in a dry climate, like a desert climate, like here in Colorado, we should be replacing the sealant more regularly than maybe someone who lives in Florida, for example, where it's a little bit more humid or someone in Missouri. So just kind of have that on your general cycle. I've heard anywhere between three and six months is going to be a fair 
amount of time for replacing your sealant, which is a good season. So every season you should be adding a little bit more sealant. And generally, you know, for me, I'm a stands fan. I like stands. So I go ahead and I just put a little, one of the small, tiny bottles of stands in each tire. Just boop. One of them, I just have to go ahead and take off the valve stem and everything like that. Usually I don't have to, you know, I don't need an air compressor or anything like that because I don't usually lose my seal on my tires. So it's pretty easy for me to do, but be prepared. You know, if you have a mechanic that you can trust, great. You can ask them to do it. Usually they charge anywhere between five to $10 a tire. Um, because they will have access to an air compressor. Or if you have a friend that has access to an air compressor, or maybe you're the friend that has access to an air air compressor, great. That will help you kind of seat the tire a little bit if you do happen to, to lose that seal. But make sure uh, that you do replace the sealant regularly, especially while you're using the, the bike during the season, all right? So again, every three to six months. Some people argue every month, but I think that's aggressive. And then you're just going to get a stance monster in your tire. So, you know, but check, honestly, just roll your tire around a little bit and see, see if you can hear the, the sloshing of the, of the stands. Say that three times fast. The other thing with tires is you want to check the tread wear as well as the sidewall, you know, make sure that there's no slashes, gashes, some wear points on the sidewall, just from, you know, putting your bike honestly on and off of your rack. That can um, impact sidewall, especially if you're a little precarious of that. You get a little bit of rock rub while you're riding, or you know maybe you have some sharp rocks in your area, depending on where you live and ride. Hey, that can impact your sidewall, and you don't want to have that impact a ride or your safety. Okay, so check for any type of wear on the sidewall of the tires as well as the tread. Make sure the tread wear is good. If you've had the the tires for a solid year or a solid season of riding might be time to to replace those tires, depending on how often you ride. If you just ride once a week, okay, maybe not. But if you're riding regularly every week, you're going to need to replace the tires. So just think of it as a regular investment. All right. And oh my God, you're going to feel like a hero when you get on your bike too, with some fresh tires. It's going to feel amazing. Next thing I want you to look at is brakes. All right. So we've gone into from tires to brakes. Brakes, you want to check the brake pad wear. So sometimes the brake pads can be a little tricky to find uh, or see. So use a flashlight, maybe even put something light colored or white or like a piece of paper behind the brake pads and you can kind of see how much more space you have or how much pad you have left. You want to aim for at least a millimeter. All right, at least a millimeter left, generally speaking. Make sure that the brakes are working. Make sure that the brakes, you know, pump the brakes with the tires on, of course. Uh, make sure the brakes are coming in contact with the rotors, things like that. Um, do keep in mind, your brakes should have, they should be bled every year at a minimum. I mean, that's like base minimum. You can also do quick bleeds on certain brake systems, certain Shimano and, and SRAM systems. You know, if you just want to do like a top quick bleed. But honestly, like if your brakes are feeling a little spongy, especially if you do have a habit of storing your bike upside down or in a weird angle or whatever, it can impact your brake fluid, especially if you didn't get the brake brakes bled before the winter, before you started to store your bike. So now might be a good time to go ahead and get your brakes bled. All right. And your brakes are going to feel so freaking dialed. Oh my goodness. And just as a little heads up, I personally prefer a race type of braking. I like like fast and responsive type of braking. So I like to have, I don't like to have to pull my freaking brake lever all the way to the handle, which, you know, that's just unnecessary. I have small hands, all right? So I'm just trying to save my hand strength a little bit. So I actually ask my mechanic to set it up like a race style braking system. Now, of course, I have an awesome mechanic. 
here at Rhythm Cycles, I've been going to Rhythm Cycles for years now. Uh, I've been seeing Colin and, uh, and of course, a couple of the other mechanics, but Colin, Colin at Rhythm Cycles here in Denver is phenomenal. And he knows exactly how I like my breaks. And I don't know what I'm going to do if he ever leaves that bike shop. Um, but anyways, he knows how to set it up for just a race specific type of uh, brake style. Now, am I racing? No, I'm not racing. I'm not racing right now, especially on my Enduro bike. I don't really necessarily race Enduro, but he knows how much I like to have just a quick and responsive type of brake and, you know, not feeling like I have to lay on my brakes all the time. Okay. So it might be something you can ask your mechanic if, if they're, if they're inept or if they're not inept, I should say, if they're capable. All right. So we've gone from tires to brakes. Now, cockpit, which of course is like one of my favorite words. I'm going to link in the show notes, one of my blooper reels to a video that I did for Vita MTB series talking about cockpit uh, and just cockpit setup. Hopefully you get a giggle out of it. It's worth your like one to three minutes of watching it. I don't know. Just laugh at me, please. Or laugh with me. Um, But you want to check your cockpit chain and you want to clean the bike. So there's a lot of C's in this, in this third step here, but Let's talk about chains first because chain wear and cassette and things like that, hey, that that all impacts how you are riding the bike. I really recommend spending about 10 bucks getting a chain checker tool to check the wear of your chain at any time. You don't even have to take it to a mechanic. Um, now, this allows you to just kind of, it's really easy to use. You know, it's very, very simple to use. You just put it on your chain, bloop, and it, how it fits on your chain or if it's even able to get on your chain or blah, blah, blah. That indicates whether the chain is stretched to a little too much, and then that can actually impact the cassette and gearing and things like that. Generally, at about 50% of a worn chain, you want to go ahead and change the chain. Um, I know that might be a little aggressive, and some people like to go a little bit further, but honestly, past that, you do risk possibly impacting the cassette and your gearing and things like that. So it's just not worth it especially as cheap as a chain is versus how how much more expensive a cassette and everything is. So check your chain, make sure it's, you know, there, first of all, aren't any cracks or maybe you're missing like half of a freaking thing, like half a freaking pivot thing. Uh, don't tell me how, don't ask me how I know about that. Um, but seriously, just check the chain, check the chain wear, look at your cassette, make sure nothing's, you know, like chipped off or anything like that. And then in your cockpit area, I want you to check the bolts, check the bolts on your headset, on your, hell, make sure your grips are even secure. Make sure everything is secure. Your handlebars on there are great. You know, like you want to just make sure everything is secure. Now keep in mind when you do start to kind of crank the bolts, if you have anything that requires a torque or specific, uh, is is it a nanometer? I can't remember. Newton meters, I, I'm like brain farting right now, of course, as I hit record. We're just rolling with it, friends. We're just rolling with it. But you want to check your, your bolts. If it does require a torque wrench or a certain, you know, like three nanometers, right? I think it's NM. I don't even know. I'm like blanking right now. But anyways, we're going to have to laugh about this together. But you want to be specific. and You want to only go to the actual specification on your bike. Any bolt that requires a certain specification is going to have a tiny little number next to the bolt on your bike. You want to pay attention to that. So you don't want to just willy-nilly start cranking the bolts on all, all over your bike. I mean, you do, but you want to do it correctly. You want to have a torque wrench and go to those specifications, especially if it is something that does impact your, if you do have a carbon frame and it is a bolt that is attached to that carbon element, then great. You want to be a little bit careful with that, but do check your cockpit area, check all the bolts. Honestly, check all the bolts across the bike too. 
So not even, you know, just the headset stem, blah, blah, blah. You want to check everything, everything on the bike, anything that's on the frame. All right. Next, we're going to get into suspension. So with suspension, again, these are things just like the brakes with the bleeding. You want to get your suspension service regularly. If you don't, you run the risk of having a more expensive repair later on. Okay. So when you think about it, 50 hours of riding and we mean active riding. Okay. So like, say for example, today I went on a three hour ride. Honestly, it was only an hour ride. Like we, we talked for like two hours. <laughs> well, maybe actually, I don't know, maybe it wasn't three hours. I don't know, but we definitely talked a lot more because I haven't seen my friend in a while. We caught up. There was a lot of chit chatting, right? And then we just had fun. Like it was a fun spin. It wasn't anything intense. Well, I mean, there were a couple of intense climbs, but it was fun. So keep in mind, like, even though I was out for three hours, I was really only riding for an hour. So like, don't sound all exasperated about like, oh, 50 hours service. Like that's too often. I know there's two options here. You can learn how to service your own fork and your own suspension, which I literally just did through the SRAM Technical University. It's really not that hard. Um, You just need the right tools and even that wasn't even that many tools. It's kind of funny. Um, and you don't even need that much space. Don't even tell me that you need a lot of space to do this. Like I do have a garage and I can, can service my bike in my garage, but I can just do it outside. Like if you have an outdoor space, great, do it. Like if you have a front porch, great, then you can service your bike. Um, but you know, for your front fork, for your fork rather, yeah, the recommendation is every 50 hours service. Now that is kind of, it's called the lower legs service. Uh, for forks and it keeps everything running so smoothly. Like I can't even tell you having your suspension service regularly is going to make you feel like you're on a new bike. All right. It is well worth the investment, well worth the money, especially because you don't want to experience any type of suspension failure while you're riding. And you also just want your bike to feel fresh and ready and have you feel shreddy when you are out riding. So I really do recommend, you know, making sure the suspension has been serviced. Remember 50 hours is the minimum every service for the the lower leg service, as well as for the rear shock. So there is also a 50 hour service for that. There's also a 200 hour service or which is kind of more or less considered like a yearly service for your suspension. And that's where they do like a full like damper and spring service. And it's just a lot more involved. Now, of course, keep in mind that Fox versus RockShox and any other brand you might use if you use a different brand, they're going to have certain specifications. So do check your manufacturer's, you know, warranty or any type of booklet you got with your actual bike and with the suspension if you did buy that separately. So they're going to have different specifications possibly, but do keep in mind that suspension servicing is going to be super crucial. Now, one thing that you can do on your suspension that will help, especially if you did put away your bike dirty during the winter, clean it. All right. So wash your bike. And what you can do after every ride is I actually have a microfiber towel that is black that I keep in my bike bag and I use it to wipe at least my fork and my stanchions, you know, and, uh, I wipe all the dirt because it's really dusty here in Colorado. I wipe all the dirt and any type of debris off my stanchions and right around the, um, what are those things called? Wiper blades? Like not like, not your, wiper blades that are on your car, but, um, your wiper seals, that's what they're called. Your wiper seals on your forks, as well as 
the, or on your fork rather, the, as well as the one that's on your rear shock. So you want to just wipe the stanchion and get any dirt. And the reason for that is because when you think about suspension and what it's doing, it's bouncing up and down, great. It's, you know, it's, it's causing the suspension to go in and out. All right. As you go over any type of technical terrain. Now, when you do that, the dirt that is on your stanchion is possibly getting in, especially if you haven't serviced your, your fork or your rear shock regularly. Great. Those seals haven't been replaced. The seals can get dry. And when seals get dry, they can get a little cracks and a little dirt can get in there. And unfortunately, the dirt can then get into your actual fork and into your rear shock. And when dirt mixes with all that other stuff that's in there, you're going to have some issues. And your bike's not going to feel very smooth. Your suspension's not going to feel very good. It's going to feel catchy, might start leaking, all this other stuff. So service your suspension. But after every ride, try to wipe down, you know, any dirt and debris off of those stanchions on your fork and near the wiper seals on the fork and the, and the, uh, the rear shock. Okay. Next thing you want to check is pedals. So, you know, make sure that there's, you know, do a wear check first on your pedals. If they've been smashed to death and your pins are missing, if you have flat pedals or if you have clipless pedals, Hey, I've caught you catch the last couple of episodes that I've done on that. Uh, in terms of clipless versus flat pedals, but you might want to replace your pedals altogether or replace the pins in your flat pedals. If you do have extra pins, if you do have clipless pedals, you want to actually lubricate all of the little bolt checks, all the little bolt points and pivot points, things like that on those pedals, because that's going to help you get clip in and out a lot more smoothly. All right. Those, those things can rust, especially if you do live and ride in, you know, areas that have just a little bit more moisture. I know I know when I lived in North Carolina, my, my things on my bikes, just, my, it just, they just rust it more quickly. <laughs> like I don't have an issue with rust here at all in North Carolina. Oh my God, knock on wood. Um, knock on wood. Uh, but in North Carolina, that was a whole other story. Things did get rusty, especially on my pedals. So a little bit of lube helps with that. All right. Now, last, but certainly not least, this is something that is actually not on your bike, but I love your noggin and I love your brain and I want you to love it too. (laughs) And that's your helmet. I want you to check and I highly suggest you check your helmet because you want to check for wear. You maybe want to replace the the inserts or the pads or things like that because your, your bike helmet does usually come with an extra set of pads. And you're probably wondering what the hell is coming with? Why is it coming with all these extra pads? I don't need them. It's so you can replace them every season. They get, they get gross. Uh, they get worn, they get smashed, things like that. So check for any wear, check for any cracks. Even if you didn't necessarily take a spill in the helmet, it's just nice to see because sometimes if you do have a tendency of keeping your helmet out in the garage or out in some place that's not necessarily like weatherproof or maybe it gets really hot, then that's that's contributing to the helmet's wear. All right, so the foam and things like that that protect your protect your brain and protect your skull in the helmet can eventually deteriorate and degrade and you need to replace it. Also, I'm going to go ahead and make a plug here. Most helmets, if not all helmets, need to be replaced about every five years. So you can also, when you're inspecting your helmet, check the manufacturing date, which is on the sticker in the inside of the helmet. If it's past five years, maybe even three years, you will want to replace it. Yes, I know helmets can be expensive, but imagine life without your brain. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and say that. And I'm not trying to scare you, but I am also trying to scare you. So please, you know, check your helmet. Your life could depend on it. Um, and just your livelihood could depend on it too. So that those, that's the quick rundown. 
for like, hey, a, a quick spring little, you know, like check for your bike to make sure it's shred, shred ready. Again, tires, go over tires, go over brakes, go over your cockpit and chain and clean the damn bike. And then also check your suspension, check your pedals, and then check your helmet, check your brain bucket. All right. Now there are three things, cause this is probably a lot. And you're like, well, Jen, your next question is probably like, Jen, I'm kind of curious what I might need to do on a regular basis. Like maybe something weekly or after every ride or whatever. I got you. The three things, top three things that will help prevent wear, excessive wear on your bike and really help any bike, whether it's mountain bike, gravel bike, doesn't really matter. It will help you maintain that bike for a longer period of time and give you less expenses. Top three things that you can do regularly to help with that include, first of all, washing your bike regularly, especially if you get it muddy, especially if you get it dusty and dirty, especially like I mentioned earlier, you know, here in Colorado, it's really dusty and my stanchions get dusty and I try to wipe them off pretty regularly so that way it doesn't impact my suspension. But if you clean your bike regularly, great you're not going to have that issue. The dirt's not necessarily going to sneak into your suspension. Of course, you you want to maintain your suspension as well. But first things first, wash your bike regularly. Does that mean after every ride? No, no one's got time for that. I mean, some people do because they're freaking retired or whatever, but I don't have time to wash my bike after every single ride. I do, however, make time to wash my bike if it's excessively dusty or maybe it's the start of the season and we just recently had a rainstorm and maybe I did get a couple puddles and I got some mud on my bike, then yeah, I'm going to at least rinse it off and things like that. The second thing that you can do, keep your chain clean and lubed. All right. If you want to go ahead and do some wax lube, which will last a lot longer, will actually give you more watts and more power output and blah, 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 then great. That will require a complete degreasing of your cassette and chain and everything. So that's a little bit more of a time investment, but it can last a little bit longer. I know when I lived in North Carolina, actually, I only used wax uh, lube and it was great because, you know, North Carolina can be a little moist. Sorry if you don't like the word moist, but it can just be humid and muddy and things like that. So wax lube saved my ass so much 20 years ago. And that was like back in the day with like old school wax lube. Nowadays, the wax lube so much better, so much more high quality. I'm actually thinking about doing it for both my bikes, but I, again, it's time investment just because I need to decrease everything. And I also just kind of want to use up my lube that I have right now before I go into the the wax hole here, but wash your bike regularly, keep your your chain clean and lubed. And then last but not least, just check your bolts regularly. Make sure that all bolts and fasteners are tightened to the specs, especially if the torque is recommended. Okay. But those are the three things that you can do regularly. Just keep your bike fairly maintained, uh, and kind of at a baseline. And then on top of that, of course, sprinkle in things that are, that are recommended based on your manufacturer's, you know, suggestions in terms of service intervals and things like that. All right. Hopefully this helped you feel less intimidated. Uh, and give you an idea on things to focus on for the spring season and just making sure that your bike is ready to ride. Thanks for listening today, friends. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, hey, great, share it on social media, tag me in it at Shift Human Performance. And if you have any other topic ideas, reach out to me. You can find me on Instagram at Shift Human Performance and give me some suggestions. You can go ahead and drop me a DM and let me know what you think. All right. I appreciate you being here, friend, and I will catch you next week. Happy spring. Bye.